It's time for another episode of Bound for Bestseller, book marketing and book launch strategy for authors. My promise to you in this podcast is simple. Share tactical insights and advice you can use to help launch your book successfully and strategically. Hi, I'm Valerie Morris, best-selling author and book marketing coach. I've infused my 15 plus years in digital marketing alongside real world application on my own book projects as well as my clients. I'm here to help break down some of the big barriers so that you can get your book out into the world. Let's dive in. So let's say you've got this amazing book idea and you have started it. Maybe you've got a few ideas. Maybe it's just a seed of an idea, or maybe you actually have the whole thing mapped out and you are this close to finishing it. There is something inside of us that resists the the act to complete a book. And I think a huge piece of it stems largely from fear. A book is a very personal thing to put out there to the world. And so I get how it's scary. So part of this is like maybe you just need a mindset shift around you really just need to get the book out there, right? You've got it written. I've heard of a lot of people who have full books, manuscripts sitting on their cloud drive that the world will never see because they were too afraid to put it out there to the world. And then there's other people who have great ideas and they just need that little oomph to get it across the finish line. So today we're going to talk about just a few not all, but just a few of, of just some tips for busy, real people to do this. It is so easy to sit there and say, well, sure, like follow these 10 steps and you'll have a book manuscript. The reality is we have a thousand things vying for our attention on any given day. And so while we may be well-meaning in wanting to finish a writing project, there is something that just often gets in the way. And so for people like us who have a lot of things going on, which most people who are thinking about writing a book are usually involved in multiple different things in their life. They have lots of things vying for their attention. So you have to be extra careful about how you're going to do this. And, And in saying that, I don't want that to stress you out right? This isn't something that is meant to cause extra stress. I say that in the sense of recognizing and giving full validation to the fact that what you are trying to do is going to meet some resistance. We have a lot on our plates and let's see if we can find some tools and systems to help get our book draft book draft across the finish line. So Some of these may sound a little cliche, but I think a lot of them are actually very practical things. And if you have been around me for any length of time, you know I am all about real tips for getting stuff done. I am the queen of checking boxes. And so for me, doing things, I'm a big doer. And so for me, this is one of those things that I... It's a book is such a big project that you almost have to embrace some of these tactics because even if you are a doer, even if you like to move things across the finish line already, a book is a 
big thing to move across the finish line. It is a lot of work. So first off, let's just recognize and celebrate that if you are pursuing this idea, that that is in, a, in and of itself a huge accomplishment, okay? But so let's move forward into just some of the practical, you know, brass tacks. Here's how we do this, right? So the first thing that you need to do is you need to somehow map out your thoughts. Now, I personally am someone who makes a lot of outlines. I like to have an outline, and and honestly, it becomes my table of contents as the book evolves. It helps me get some ideas of what are the different core topics that I need to talk about. What are the core topics that need to be their own chapter or a subsection of a chapter? Or is this really like an overarching section of the book? It helps me kind of think through where I might take people along the journey. And I will say that for myself, even though I do it as an outline, I am not so much a perfectionist that like I'm okay writing something down in section three and then realizing I need to move all of the the things in section three up into section one. And so I will literally cut and paste those ideas and move them around in in the outline. Um, But I know other people are more visual or they are more tactile. And so I have seen people do things with sticky notes where they will write out all of the different ideas similar to my outline. They'll have all their different ideas And then they will start moving those sticky notes on a wall or on a board or on a window and grouping the topics, grouping the tips, grouping the stories in the spots where they belong. And sometimes that's easier because you can move things around as you need to. I also know some people who have gone the whiteboard route where it's easy for them to kind of write out the ideas maybe make a mind map. Um, It's easy to erase and rewrite stuff. You need to think through some setup, whether digital or analog, that is going to work for you and that is not going to slow you down. So if, if writing it in an outline format is going to hinder you because you Don't want to write an outline unless you know exactly what order things will go in from the start. Then go do sticky notes. If sticky notes aren't your thing, go do a whiteboard. There are virtual versions of sticky note things on web programs. There's all sorts of things out there that you can do. I actually have in my, I use Upbase for my project management system. I actually have a a list or uh, it kind of looks like a Trello board where there are multiple columns and you can drag and drop ideas. I actually have a writing list in there in my project management tool that I use for running my marketing agency. But I have that so that when ideas hit me, I can write them down in a digital format and have them saved. And I can easily drag and drop them into like different parts of the process. So maybe I might have a a column in my writing section around a book about, um, you know, uh, social media, right? 
or uh, infertility or some of these things that I might write books about in the future, um, I can organize my thoughts and just as I have things hit me, I can put those thoughts on that board in the right spot. So whether you're using Trello or you're using ClickUp or whatever, sometimes there are tools that you are already using for your day-to-day operations where you can incorporate your ideas and just get them out of your head, right? There's so much peace of mind that comes knowing that you've got your ideas outlined. One of the other things I also like to do when it comes to actually getting my book written is crowdsourcing for ideas. And what I like about this is it helps me consider are there chapters or sticky notes that need to be written down that maybe I haven't considered. And so crowdsourcing is an important part of the process that you need to do, whether it's at the beginning of the process or in the middle of your manuscript or when you're done with your manuscript, but you want to make sure you've covered all your bases. And so some ideas here, get ideas for questions and topics from your ideal audience. Go ask people questions. You can pose questions directly on social media drip out some of these things so that you start to gather people's real thoughts. Um, You can do polls on social media platforms like Instagram with stories. You could do polls all the time. You could post questions and get people to vote on answers, get people to answer specific questions and send you a DM with, you know, what their, what their uh, answer is. On LinkedIn, you can make a poll to get input on certain things. Um, There's a lot of just like fun tools on social media that allow you to get people to answer specific questions. The other thing you could do is you could actually create like a formal survey and ask people specifically for input around, you know, craft your own survey around your subject matter and get people to give you input. I've seen people do this, uh, whether it's just like, you know, a, a typical form or typical survey that people fill out. But I've also seen people you know, ask for like, hey, do you have 15 minutes of your time that you'd be willing to talk to me and answer a few questions around XYZ topic to help me uh, gather input as I'm writing this book on this topic? That's also a nice way to kind of just slip in there that you're writing a book. Okay, super easy. Um, Then go Google things like go do some research, just go do some Google searches or also play around on chat GPT um, and do some searches around like what are these uh, technological tools pulling as top ranking topics around my subject matter. Um, and then another way you could crowdsource ideas is to read other books on similar topics. Now I will say that this last last idea, you may want to ignore. Sometimes you may want to just go read the table of contents around these books versus reading the whole book itself. And a lot of writers actually will not, they will like put blinders on when it comes to other people's content because they want to just focus on their own thoughts and not be influenced by something that someone else might be saying. They want to make sure that their input is theirs. So when you might be researching, let's say, either make sure you've got like enough buffer between the research and your actual writing 
Two, know if you could handle reading someone else's input or their their content and be able to, you know, separate it from what your thoughts are. And then three, like I mentioned just a, a few minutes ago, is is focus just on their table of contents. Just get a feel for like the different high points that they are making sure they're talking about. Um, and get a feel for like what are people really wanting to know about. So get some ideas because I guarantee there are ideas out there around your subject matter you have not even thought about. And by doing this, you will have a more comprehensive outline. All right, so then once you have all your ideas, resist the urge to edit as you are writing your rough draft. I know that this is so, so hard because you want it to perfectly encapsulate what you're thinking about. But the reality is that rough draft is so important to just get your ideas out and then call your ideas later. You can edit those out later. But that first draft is really for you. So you need to let it be as rough as it needs to be and then come back and clean it up later. Avoid perfectionism. You do not need to be perfect in a rough draft. That is why it is called a rough draft. So just get all your thoughts out on paper so you don't lose the thoughts. And then once you have everything out there, if you want to be the one that cleans it up, great. But once you have your unique thoughts out on paper, then you have the ability to start incorporating a team in the mix. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But if you're really trying to be smart with your time, finish your manuscript, getting your unique thoughts out on paper or recorded in some way is going to be the most important. Okay, so practically, like, how do you actually get that many words on paper? One very simple way to do it, and this does not work for everyone, but there are amazing tools out there now that make this very doable, and that is to talk out your book. Speak it into existence and simply talk through your talking points, your topics. Talk through every chapter and record it. So just as I'm recording this podcast episode, I could then take this and then go get it transcribed into a written format. It will definitely need a lot of cleanup because the way we talk and the way we write or read and format text is usually very different. We don't necessarily speak out subheadings, you know, and the paragraph breaks and the section breaks. They may not always make sense when you're just sitting and talking something out. However, again, the, the most important thing is to get your thoughts out on paper. And then from there, you can have someone else do a lot of the legwork. And so there are a lot of things like Descript, uh, Rev.com, a lot of social media platforms even have very you know rudimentary transcription options uh, to take that audio, to take your ramblings and put it into text. And then you can clean it up. You could do a pass and clean it up. You could have an assistant do that. You could have an editor do that. There's so many options if you speak it into existence. 
Now, one friend of mine who is a best-selling author multiple times over has written multiple books and always seems to have a book in the works. He was saying that like he just likes to speak his books on a regular basis. So while he's driving, he will speak them into his phone. He gets the voice recorder out or he has a specific app around recording those things or he gets like he mentioned, you know, if if your phone is going to be too distracting with other notifications coming in, get yourself an old-fashioned, quote unquote, old-fashioned. Um, you know, just audio recorder. And while you're driving, click record and talk through a specific topic. The average person in one hour can speak anywhere from 7,500 to 9,000 words, you know, in like an hour long speech. Okay. That's if you think about the fact that the average like business nonfiction book aims to be somewhere between 50 and 60,000 words approximately. If you speak something out over the course of an hour and you end up with 7,500 words, you only have to do that a handful of times and you have the rough equivalent of that 60,000 words that you might be aiming for that 50,000, that 40,000, whatever the case may be. Now, I will say like when you're doing it the audio way, a large portion of that text, even if let's say your audio recording gives you, you know, 12,000 words, when it's all said and done, it's going to be whittled down significantly. So you may not be able to record your whole book in just five sittings, but you might be able to do it in 10. And if you have any sort of commute, or any sort of long road trip coming up, if you have that outline in place, you could probably bust out a lot of your book and get it on paper simply by recording you talking about your book. Now, whether you are physically writing it or typing it, because I think in this in today's world, most of us are typing it, uh, or you are recording it, I think the most important thing too is to know yourself. So know your limits. And so two of the biggest things are, you know, what is the best time of day or time of week for you to write? And I want you to ask yourself three questions. Based on my season of life, is this the best, like what is the best time of day for me to write? For example, in my season of life right now, I have two young children, toddlers and babies. I'm running a business during the day where I get a lot of distractions, a lot of notifications, a lot of emails, a lot of interruptions. So my creative juices honestly have been flowing more in the evening or on weekends and holidays than they do during the average weekday. I have, I've just learned, even though I'm not naturally a night person, that if I get those creative juices flowing in the evening, I can usually dive into the creative deep work that I need to because I'm not getting interrupted. Now, if you had talked to me five years ago, I probably would have told you late afternoon during a work day as things quieted down from the week, or I would have maybe told you first thing in the morning. 
in today's life, I don't have the luxury of being able to spend an hour and to start my day with writing. But if you are an empty nester or your kids are self-sufficient or you're retired or whatever, you might find that your creative juices actually flow better at certain times of the day versus the evening. So know yourself. Ask yourself, when am I going to have the least amount of distractions? So for me, again, I'm working a busy job during the day, running my agency. I'm getting a lot of texts, social notifications, emails, phone calls, knocks on my door. There's a lot of things vying for my time during the daytime. That is not going to be a conducive time for me to try to write. Okay? So for you, maybe the evenings are really distracting because that's when everyone is back home, everyone's making noises, there's lots of things going on, or there's lots of activities you do in the evening. You know your own life, okay? Just know yourself and be honest with yourself. And also think through, when am I going to be the most inspired or creative? When am I going to have that mental deep breath, emotional deep breath to get into the work that I know I need to do. And then once you've figured out what that time is, block the time, protect it. Do you need to make an actual calendar event to say, I'm going to write on these dates? Go ahead and do it if you think that there are specific times that you need to really carve out for yourself. And then maybe you need to commit to a habit. You need to make a commitment, okay? And this may be something around the work, the, um, you know, the nature of I'm going to do a specific number of words every day or per week or in each writing appointment that I make with myself. So some people make a commitment of, you know, if I want to have a 60,000 word book, then each time I sit down and write, I need to write a thousand words. And if that's the case, then I need to sit down and write every day for 60 days. And in two months, I will have my 60,000 words. I usually encourage people to reverse engineer when it comes to their book. Um, You don't have to be strict with it, but I do this with timelines Uh, I do this with words, you know, word counts, just like I just walked through there. Um, You know, set for yourself what feels like a realistic goal. In my line of work, we do a lot of content writing. And so for me, I'm very used to writing blog articles in either 500, 1,000, or 1,500 word increments. And so I know, if I know the subject matter well enough, I can easily write a 500-word blog topic in 30 minutes for the rough draft. If I don't have to do a lot of research, you know, take all that out. I'm just sitting down and writing. I can write 500 words in 30 minutes, no problem. You don't always, not everyone's going to know how much they can write. Some days are going to be more than others. Some days are going to be less than others. But if that's your goal, uh, you know, reverse engineer it and figure out all right, if my deadline is I want to have my draft two months from now, if I want to hit 60,000 words, I need to be writing X amount per day. 
Now also, again, this goes back to knowing yourself. Can you write seven days a week? Or do you need to map that out based on writing Monday through Friday or Monday, Wednesday, Friday? Like make a realistic goal for yourself of what is going to work for you to write. And then another thing you can do is you could also focus instead of the number of words per day or per session, you could focus on just writing for a specific amount of time. Now, this one is a little bit harder to reverse engineer, but at the same time, you can set some rough goals or some rough ideas of like, if I write for 30 minutes every day and I can roughly write 500 words in a 30-minute session, I should hit my goal in X amount of time. You can make some educated guesses. And I always encourage people to give yourself some grace, give yourself some wiggle room. Uh, you know, don't, don't put such high expectations for yourself that if you miss a day or you miss your smaller goal, that you're going to fall off the rails completely. And then set yourself a deadline. Like set yourself an idea of when you want to do something, put it out there to yourself, write it down on paper, um, but also like tell others, post about it. The accountability that comes from simply putting that project out into the world, into existence is immense. For example, like I have a book project that I started this summer. I put it out to the world. And when I was at a Halloween party, I was asked, hey, how's that project going? Because I told people about it. And so now, even though I have slacked off in a busy fall season, I still have that project on the back of my mind of something I want to create and get out into the world, partly because my word is so important to me that I put it out there, I need to do it. Okay, a couple other practical tips. Um, there are things, uh, there's a, a nonprofit called NaNoWriMo, um, and it's really, it's kind of a cool group. Um, it's really built around creative communities all over the world. Um, and the goal is um, to write for like a month and you just like commit to writing and you can join groups together to write um, a lot in a short amount of time. And so some people will get like 50,000 words written in a 30-day window and they will join almost like these challenges with other people um, to go together and to write their book or their novel or whatever the case may be, whatever they're working on. So there's also lots of writing groups out there. Um, a lot of groups will get together and they'll literally just like meet up at a coffee shop to write together. And then at the end, they will share a little bit about what they're working on. Um, the other end of this is that sometimes you may get in a spot where you need to call in the troops. Maybe the book feels too overwhelming. 
maybe the project, you can do certain parts, but other parts feel like too much. Sometimes you know you need to call in the troops. And so one of those ways you can do that is you can hire a ghostwriter. Ghostwriters will help take your ideas and actually put the words together for you and help you write your book and write your initial draft. You can also hire a book coach, someone who will help you organize your thoughts, focus your goals, walk you through the process, and help give you accountability. There are book coaches that do a whole range of things. So that that like quick overview of what a book coach could do might look different based on who you're talking to, um, but that's kind of the gist is they're there to help you kind of get your book across the finish line and help you actually move it forward. And then you can also hire an editor. And so similarly, similarly um, you um, need to, like there's a lot of different types of editors. So you might have a content editor who helps take your, you know, unorganized rough draft and move text around, reorganize thoughts, poke holes in ideas, tell you where you need to flesh out more of an idea. They're the ones who are really going to probably pick apart your message, right? But they're going to help you get it into an organized fashion. There's also then a difference with your proof editor. And that's somebody who's not necessarily going to pick apart what you're saying. They're going to pick apart the details. They are going to be looking for the typos, the grammar mistakes, the weird formatting, the things that don't make sense. They're going to poke holes in the details, not the high-level message. And then you might have somebody that is more of a formatter or is going to edit your book from a formatting standpoint. And this is someone who might come in and say, um, we're going to clean up all your subheadings to look like this. We're going to change your, your fonts. Uh, the, the, the font sizes, the this, that, and the other. Um, they're going to help get your book cleaned up, ready for publishing. And so along the way, they might see some typos. They might see something in question things. They're, they're not usually going to make a ton of changes, but usually a good formatter person will if they see a typo, they'll just change it. They'll just fix it. They're not looking for those things, but with fresh eyes, you often see those weird little things. So the reality is like if you have this project you want to get across the finish line, you got to be realistic, but there's also things you can do to set yourself up for success. Whether you are going to be the one to get your manuscript across the finish line or you're going to bring in the troops. And you might do a combination of all of this. Like you're going to find the thing that's going to get you to finish your manuscript. The biggest thing that you have to get over, and maybe this is just me, but a lot of authors that I've seen, it's the fear factor. They have to get past the fear of putting their ideas out to, into the world. And I will tell you, that the more you do it, the easier it gets. It's still a very personal thing to do so. It's still a very scary thing to put such a big production 
of such immense, you know, quantity and size out to the world, it's a big thing to make a book. But it is something that, you know, it has so much great reward. And it's something that you can really take and carry with you throughout the rest of your life. And so my hope is that you have walked away from this quick overview here of some of these practical things that you can do to take your book idea from that seed of an idea to a rough chicken scratch on a piece of paper to a fleshed out rough draft. And then from there, you can turn it into a beautiful book that you can get out into the world. I am so excited to hear about what you are doing to get your book across the finish line. And if you've got a great idea, I'd love to hear about it. So let's go put ourselves out there, uh, even if it's just ourself, and don't be afraid to get that first manuscript written, finished, and then out to the rest of the world. Hey, thanks so much for joining me today. I have a number of resources linked in the show notes just for authors. From anything from quick guides to timing your book launch strategy to marketing plans and other tactical frameworks for every part of the process. If you are thinking about launching a book and want to go after a bestseller, I highly encourage you to go check those out. And if you found any value from today's episode, please hit subscribe, leave a review, or mention this podcast to a friend. Catch you at another episode. Thanks again.